Welcome to the Cultivation of the Wild Woman podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Rachel. And today we are doing a few announcements of a, what do I call it, a giveaway basket and announcing the next book that we are going to be going over for the book study podcast. Season three. Yes, book two. Book two, season three, Mm -hmm. 2021. Yes. Is this the last full moon of 2020? Yes, so we're recording this um, zero zero episode on the last full moon of 2020 um, so that we're ready to jump in in 2021 with the next book. Perfect. And so the gift basket that I've put together will contain a few of my favorite things and a couple things I've made and that Ben has made and we will also include the next book that we will be going over in the podcast in the gift and if you want to enter uh, into this drawing that I'll be doing you can just email at cultivationofthewildwoman at gmail.com and you can you don't have to write anything just send emoji or something and I'll write your email down, put it in a bowl, and I'll draw it on New Year's Day. So that's just three days, and then it'll close, and then I'll send it out. And I'll put the email you can uh, enter into it in the description of this episode so that you uh, know you got it right if you wish to do that. Uh, I just felt like I wanted to give a few of my favorite things and kind of celebrate the ending of the first book of the finishing, podcast. Yeah, finishing Women Who Run With the Wolves mm-hmm. and transitioning toward the next book. Mm-hmm. So the next book, uh, Rachel's going to give a copy of the next book in the gift basket. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool because then you can follow along. Mm-hmm. You'll be set up. Yeah, you'll be set up. <laughs> You'll have some special things in there. I've already seen it, and it looks great. I want to keep some Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) You sure you want to give all this away? Yeah. So that'll be really special for somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, to enter to win win the gift basket is cultivationofthewildwoman at gmail.com. Just send, you don't care what they send. Just you don't have to send write an email. anything. Just, you don't have to say anything to enter. You don't have to follow just me. Just so we can get just, your email. Yeah. So, so some, yeah. Something. Something. Oh. Anything. A 30 page essay on women who run with the wolves. <laughs> Whoever um, has the best analysis will know. <laughs> okay, cool. So, I guess we should announce the next book. Yes. What is it? Yeah. Oh no. And it's a book Ben has read through, and now he's read the quotes of it through to me once. Um, but since I chose the first book, you get to choose the yes. second book. Yes. And um, we did basically the same thing we did with the first book in terms of how we study it, which is one of us reads it mm-hmm. fully, and then we go over our notes with each other privately Mm -hmm. and then 
we go through it again for the podcast. Mm -hmm. So this will be the third time we're reviewing this material. We know it better. We're kind of getting the energy of the author. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's a really fun way to learn from a book. Mm -hmm. keeps it fresh because you're each time is a new experience with someone else. Mm -hmm. And I find that the, the books we're choosing to study have so much depth that you really need to read them multiple times. But it's <laughs> yeah. kind of boring if you do it alone. Mm -hmm. So do it with us. Do it with a friend. And then it's fun. Then it's mm -hmm. like engaging. Uh, okay, so the name of the book. It is. Drumroll. No, uh, it's The Art Spirit by Robert Henry, published in 1923, was the first. And Robert Henry lived from 1865 to 1929. He was an American artist, a teacher, an outspoken advocate of modernism in painting. And I came across his work, um, this book. I don't really remember the first time. It was was it Walt Disney, or had you well, already found? Well, no, him? I had already heard of it before. But maybe then that I had heard of it before, but then I never really cared um, because I was like, oh, this guy's a painter. I'm not, I'm, I don't really care about painting right now, you know, mm -hmm. like maybe someday I'll read it. But then, um, I watched on YouTube, actually, there's, I was doing some research. I don't remember how I found it, but it was an old film that Walt Disney had made called Four Artists Paint a Tree or Four Artists Paint One Tree. And, um, it was really cool because he took four of the artists who worked at his at the animation studio he had them go out into the countryside and sent a camera crew with them and they all sat around this beautiful tree this old tree mm -hmm. and everybody set up their their own easel or their own like uh canvas mm -hmm. and some people were using totally different paint than each other like Everyone had a very personal setup. And a different spot to view the tree. Yeah, slightly different angle. But mainly it was, what was fascinating was to see how in the studio, they're all working with the same exact material. They're all on the same page. They're all like subordinating their own style mm -hmm. to the project and saying we can work, we can all work on the same exact film and our styles don't. Um, get step on each other's toes mm -hmm. so we're working together I'm they're kind of suppressing their individuality mm -hmm. because you have to work as a team so you can't just be the prima donna and do whatever you want mm -hmm. and just you know I'm you can't you have to kind of uh, work together but then he so first he shows kind of how they can do that mm -hmm. and cooperate which is extremely hard to get artists to cooperate to work together for some reason. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so then he takes them out and shows how, look, this is actually how they really, in their own time, show their individual self. And mm -hmm. 
So it was fascinating, and he quotes from the art spirit in that documentary. So after I saw that, I was like, oh man, I've never seen Walt Disney read from a book on camera. This is the only book I've ever seen him where he's got a bookmark in it, and he's opening up to a page, and he's like re actually reading from it. So mm -hmm. I was like, wow, if that's... Um, if that's the only book he's ever like publicly endorsed kind of then i should probably get a copy and i'm glad i did because there's a little bit of technical advice in here but mainly it's really about the attitude of an artist mm -hmm. and um i found it helps bathe your brain in how an artist thinks and approaches and he's a master um, he wrote this book like a couple years before he died. and After he'd been teaching at the Art Students League of New York. Which is... and So to have his, his yeah. voice in your head is like amazing. That the access to this level of understanding and mastery and the fact that we can get this copy, you know, delivered to your house in just a matter of days. Or even saying you could pick it up maybe the same like that's amazing to me that we have access as artists to content like this um, and that's actually the problem is there's so many books out there nowadays this helps narrow it down and really hone in on, on a book to like read it a couple times and yep. to bathe your brain in someone else's mind who's a, who's been a master and help build those same neural pathways as a master and understanding yeah. how did they what stones to step on and which ones to skip over ah yes mm -hmm. i see you're quoting from the book already cool oh is that from this book yeah it is <laughs> well, we already see, mentioned it but in that's why it's great because episode. so the cool thing about this book is that it was not he didn't sit down and be like i'm gonna write a book on on how to be an artist or something like that it was mm -hmm. it's a collection of letters he wrote to artists or lecture notes people mm -hmm. took from his lectures or just things he wrote down tons of little things um, so there's no chapter headings there's no chapters but at the back there's a really really um, well done index and the index has like kind of most people, I think, don't use indexes, but uh, the index in here is really useful, and I've already been using it as mm -hmm. a, as a reference. Um, so, like, he talks about joy and life force and money and new movements, and uh, those are just a few. Like he um, he goes over all these topics that he spent a lifetime learning and teaching and helping other artists grow a lot of his students went on to do really impressive um, painting Stuart davis rockwell kent and edward hopper he also has some letters in here that were sent to um, women's school so an, an address to the students an address to the students of the school of design for women philadelphia written in 1901. So there's just one example mm. I'm flipping through. Um, so he's, oh, he's, yeah. And this book is way, it's half the size of Women Who Run With The Wolves. 
Yeah, it's very easy. So if you could do that one, or even... It's like 270 pages. Yeah, this is this is going to feel like a breeze. Like. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it will. It's uh, a break. It's definitely not heavy. Mm -hmm. It's not very psychological. Um, it's not... Um, it's not going to make you cry, probably. It's not going to make you, you know, have a, a true awakening of something deep from like a, mm -hmm. a, a myth. There, it's not like Women Who Run With The Wolves is kind of a spiritual opening up. Mm -hmm. This is more of like the masculine version um, of wisdom for artists so it's it's a different energy totally different energy mm -hmm. women who run with the wolves was written in the 90s by a wise woman keeper of stories mm -hmm. this was written in over a lifetime like a hundred years before that almost a hundred it's 97 well, some of the some of the stuff in here was written in the oh, 1901 or, yeah. 19, or 1890 or whatever. But the whole book because is this 98 years old. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting to hear more of the get more context to what the artists were up to yeah. before the internet before like they had no idea this was yeah. coming before even cars or or mm -hmm. flight. Mm -hmm. Like people couldn't, people didn't even believe that we would ever build an airplane mm -hmm. when this guy was alive. Like people thought it was physically impossible. And artists didn't, um, still were, it was not common for you to make a living and to, for people to be artists. And nowadays no. all of a sudden with the internet, you can, you can sell your art. You, yep. you don't have to leave the house. You could. Yeah. Just paint and paint and paint. You can get materials shipped to you. Mm -hmm. So you can get everything you need to be like in many ways, the material side of things has never been better. The spiritual side of things mm. might be never been worse. Yeah. So we're at a very big opposite spectrum now. Whereas mm -hmm. in in Robert Henry's day access to knowledge, access to paintings even, like being able to see mm -hmm. and study mm -hmm. other paintings was very expensive to like mm -hmm. take a trip to Europe to look at these things. I mean, photography was still just kind of a new thing back then. Mm -hmm. So, or like if you wanted to order prints of something, it'd be really expensive. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of, um, we have very different problems than 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 they did. Like they still had in his time, people still had a very spiritual connection mm -hmm. to nature. There wasn't the highway system. There wasn't uh, cars were not very popular. They were just starting out making automobiles. Mm -hmm. Almost everyone worked with. Um, horses as like the main form of transportation the roads were just like muddy trails uh across the you know across the country mm -hmm. there was the railroad 
but um, overall it was very much a low-tech experience and so artists had um, a totally different worldview in many ways more spiritual more grounded more connected to their place mm-hmm. and the cycles yeah the rhythms of nature were were in their bodies and minds so it's great I think to get his perspective on the spiritual side of things and um, I think to me I'd like to actually ask you a question now that we've we have two books for this podcast what would you say we could kind of take as the theme or something meaningful to say about cultivation of the wild woman what does that mean to you now Mm. that you see these Well, cultivating seems like a like an action, like a cyclical, like growing kind of energy. So like cultivating wisdom and knowledge, like it's never ending and it like it's uh, action. And wild woman, to me just means like the feminine energy the yin the like that creative powerful energy that I want to incorporate into the podcast so cultivation of the wild woman just seems like an orientation books that orient that have oriented me towards creating and cultivation like developing the feminine energy in me does that make sense what do you hear yeah that makes like, total sense to me because um, I think women are podcast list I mean not that men can't be but I find as a mother when you're like doing the laundry or dishes or breastfeeding, you like have a book or you're listening to a podcast because our ancestors would have been reading the Bible and talking to their friends and the other women. So we're, we're much more social where when men go hunting, it's like silent and they're focused, but women are much more like we talk through our problems and men, I don't know how you guys do it. Do you just take action or think it through? I, we don't, we talk it through. We, we kill it through. Yeah. We we slit its throat. We'll knit it out and talk about what's bothering us and, you know, bake a cake and hear someone else's story. So I think a podcast felt right for me because uh, I didn't even know the COVID twist of all this was coming, but it's really made it so that podcasting is, is, is even more valuable because social gatherings and meeting people and finding new people like colleges are completely changed and cafes and so finding other artists is getting harder and harder and harder and this is I mean it's getting easier but it's also it's shifting it's it's pivoting and so this is how I feel like I can kind of keep one foot down as I move the other to like 
help find my fellow artists and help them out and yeah we can have a conversation even if it's for now going one direction to then you know meet i don't know where i'm going to meet up all these people that are listening to the podcast someday right. at, at a retreat or travel you know like we don't know i'm just putting it out there right and so i'm cultivating the energy and, and hoping to share it so that it's easier to like reflect and connect at the same time if that makes sense like all the people who, yeah. who have written books these could have just been their journals that they never published but they but henry published it and, and estes published her book and so then it, it was reflection and connection and i think that's what i feel called to do is do both of those and not just one where i either reflect and journal or i just connect just to make money to make money or something you know right. like it it's i think it works in tandem especially for women with podcasting and talking and that's how i like to communicate and that's how i think that's how my audience obviously our audience likes to communicate too because that's how it's working so that's my long-winded answer on why it's yeah. called cultivation of the wild woman well i like it i think i understand um i see this book how this book fits into the theme cultivation of the wild woman is kind of that to me the wild woman is both male and female and both yin and yang and both um like risky and cautious and all the paradoxes because mm -hmm. women have women bring forth both boys and girls they birth all they birth everyone mm -hmm. so i've been watching you over the last five months interacting with your with our babies our twin boys and i can see how women watch consciousness develop and actually develop that consciousness in their babies and so you're, you have to give and create both male and female consciousness. Whereas a man, I can never experience that. Mm -hmm. I don't bring forth from my body uh, a developed human life, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, the wild woman is a, a woman who is connected to that power to give life to everything, the universe. Mm -hmm. And the wild is part of how it's unpredictable. And um, it's because you can't predict, You, as much as people like to rely on science, especially nowadays, technology, science, masculine control, manipulation, mm -hmm. uh, if you could just predict the universe, then we wouldn't have these problems where like we wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like things would go smooth. So obviously we don't know what we're talking about in a lot of ways. 
And so this cultivation of the Wild Woman podcast for me has been to build intuition, which to me is the only thing that can handle the wild. I don't believe that you can have a uh, prediction about what you're going to encounter and then and then try to um, engineer a solution for that prediction when you when you enter the wild you better just have a very sharp intuition like you you need to have you need to be able to respond on the fly to whatever mother nature is going to pull your way whether it's a bear or a flood and we went through that when we started this podcast I took you out into the woods. We're just going to live in the woods, right? That was like the theme for that year. It's like a whole year camping in the woods. <laughs> and so I'm thinking now as we're moving forward, the art spirit is a different energy that shakes things up because he's a masculine voice from a hundred years ago. But who was also an artist and talked to women and taught women and Mm -hmm. was open to women being painters and artists and connecting to them and writing to them and giving them words of encouragement. And so I want to channel that again. I want to echo that energy. Mm -hmm. I want to... That's why I chose this book. Because I think I love seeing you become more dangerous. I love seeing you become more powerful and wild, but in a way that is um, actually a little more controlled because it's you learning about yourself, which then gives you more command over the forces of nature within you and outside of you. So I get a very, uh, I get a big empathy rush, right? I can live vicariously through you I can I can see you developing and then enjoy that process because I like to watch things grow. I like to I like to watch myself grow. So I've grown and you're growing and that's what I like to see and that's what keeps me very optimistic and like gives me energy mm-hmm. and gives me this feeling of momentum that's building and building and building and this year has been insane with the speed we're at, like 5G, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like, I can sense that this, especially this podcast, because what happens when you put your soul into this digital format is like, hello, you can hear us, which means we're still here. We're here. We, we could be dead by now when you hear this. I don't know. But our voices are still here. Mm-hmm. So it's a strange energy. And I think what happens is you, when you, when you finally start expressing, because I think there's an incubation period for, for this process of being an artist where... The call to action and then what happens after that? Refusal of the call. Yeah. yeah. Where you're like, no, 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 no. I couldn't do that. That's too scary. I couldn't do a podcast. Yeah. No. I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like 
once you finally start really expressing yourself and letting go of fear and letting go of everything that can 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 hold you back like you know oh um these this person doesn't like me or this per i'm you know i'm trying to avoid attention because some i'm embarrassed about something or i'm guilty about something and, and there's all these like weird things that try to tell you not to express yourself and stand out like don't stand out don't mm -hmm. stick your head up you're gonna your next especially get for women off. like we're not supposed to leave the herd we're supposed to hide in the herd together you know look all the same and maybe have a different like color of earrings or lipstick but stay within those quarters and so to to branch out like you're saying is uh, risky and I feel like we're documenting that 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 pivot that turn the, a leap the, of faith yeah so like we like you've been saying recently like we don't know the process of da Vinci and how did he get started and, and seeing what day-to-day -day looked like or or just along his journey and so I feel like as much as we can document our journey it'll help people around us and, and after us to know oh, okay this is the they'll see the patterns more quickly of like the hero's journey of being an artist and how it goes and and allowing for more empathy for one another for like oh yeah i've been there okay thank god i'm not the only person that's been dealing with this which is um why i felt like cultivation of the wild woman was a good way to kind of like clear all the channels to go through all the myths get wipe the slate and get oriented now that we're oriented to the myths and what it means to be a wild woman what it feels like and the stories that connect you to that feeling then the, the book the art spirit can we can start using this power that we've kind of called back mm, right because women yeah. who aren't the wolves is about your intuition is never separated from you it's impossible you are a part of her she's a part of you and so as soon as you understand that then you can start okay i want to do my art because i believe that every human can make art right um, and so the art spirit can help you kind of get into the... I don't even think can, I think should and must make art. Every human should and must make art. Mm. You will lose your humanity. You're born a perfect human, I think. And, and you're then, born making art. Kids do it all the time. Right. You're born. Everyone's born an artist. Mm -hmm. And And... Meaning that you can you can do something for simply for the pleasure of the doing, mm -hmm. which he talks about in here. That you can you can create just for the sake of feeling the joy of creating, mm -hmm. even if you don't even care what you made, right? It's not about the end product. It's not about making money. It's not about making even a painting. It's about feeling alive, feeling creative feeling like you can actually fight entropy that you're not just born to die slowly from some cancer or some heart disease or some obesity and like you're just mm -hmm. a slug that's just slowly collapsing right you want to feel like you have a vibrant energy that can be 
used to help other people become more vibrant mm -hmm. so that you're you are spreading that energy around you and filling your own world with more of this color with more of this energy with more of this excitement with more of this joy at just being able to exist you know like just being like oh wow i exist i'm alive i woke up this morning my eyes opened i can hear i can see i can smell i can I can exist, I can be, just being, right? So to me, this the art spirit is watering the seed that we planted in season one and two. Mm -hmm. Wild woman, the cultivation of the wild woman, women who run with the wolves is the seed because it's the seed because it's all the seed stories, right? All those stories plant the seeds of the wild woman archetype within the heart that already had a spot for it. Mm -hmm. Every woman has, and man, I believe, because uh, I don't think we're really different. So every, I mean, we are, but not at a soul level, right? At a spiritual level, there is no such thing as male and female. But our bodies have it, so we kind of have to reconnect because we mm -hmm. kind of get separated from our feminine or masculine energy by having a male or female body. So I think that we come back to that wild woman energy. We have a spot in our heart that is like in the garden, like our heart is a garden and there's like this little section of dirt and it has a little sign that says wild woman. And you have to kind of share stories that then plant that seed in that spot in your in the garden of your heart then you come and you pour on water you pour on fertilizer you help it you you let sun grow shine on it you all these things right so you're cultivating this wild woman plant and you're bringing it to life and to me the art spirit at least for us right now in this time the art spirit is like a massive dose of rainwater on this little patch of soil and because even the way it's written there's no chapters it's not logical it's just water of life it's just life you could just flip it open and read something and be like wow and then close it and yeah go to bed yep or start your day or, yeah or read it on the it's toilet. a bunch of little raindrops <laughs> right each page has like a sentence or two or a paragraph that'll speak to you speaking of that would you like to Share a quote for the book. Sure, actually, I will just flip open anywhere. Okay. Okay. I flipped open to a page that I have nothing underlined on. <laughs> oh, here we go. I love this, actually. I don't know why I didn't underline this. So, he's talking about here on page 72 and 73, he's talking about um, the stroke of a painter's brush, a painter's brush stroke. And this is amazing because he uses these very practical things, right, like the paint mm -hmm. stroke, but he brings it from the very practical physical 
and turns it into a metaphor for you. So watch what he does here. It's pretty cool. He says, there are brittle and scratchy strokes. Lazy, maudlin, fatly made and phlegmatic strokes. One of the worst is the miserly stroke. Get the full swing of your body into the stroke. So I think actually that's that kind of uh, that kind of energy he brings is like this practical wisdom where he's obviously he's talking about right painting or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then you can understand that what he thinks painting is is not creating an image, but capturing your mood at the time you painted that image. And using your whole being to make it not just your brain power and your finger right you know it's like your whole body which i that's funny that you read that quote because that made a huge impact on when i practice doing my art where it, you know using the whole body not just being so stiff and like right. squeezing the pencil and to try to get a straight line yes. you're like using your whole body well and it also shows a very big difference between how some people use art and others use art. And it like a lot of our tools nowadays are designed to remove the touch, remove the hand of the artist from the work, right? Like people are painting so photorealistic that you can't even tell the, the artist did it by hand. Like it, if you hold both of the images up, it looks like a photo took both of them. Now, if you probably zoomed in a lot, you might be able to see some detail of, a, of a whatever. But it, the point is that they're trying to hide the, their hand. Whereas here he's saying, no, that's the whole point. That's what we want to see, which I agree. I think great art doesn't show me the image you tried to paint, but it shows me your mood and your energy and your vibe, right? Mm -hmm. Your tribe likes to say vibe vibration that your vibe attracts your tribe even right but you got to get the vibe in there mm -hmm. right you got it's the same with um jimi hendrix right no one plays a guitar like jimi hendrix no one can because he put his vibe he put which is your soul when you make art with your vibration in that art that is your soul captured in the material it's the spiritual becoming material so there's a lot in here about that. It's He's constantly shifting between the material world and the spiritual world mm -hmm. and helping us understand the relationship between the spiritual and material so that when we go and do our work and we embody this, mm -hmm. we can connect, we can combine our spiritual <laughs> vibration with our material. <laughs> Well, oh, we have um, a special guest on the podcast. Mr. Hans. Hans. Hello, Hans. Well, I will leave you with the quote that's on the back of the book that kind of sums up what you were saying. Paint what you feel. Paint what you see. Paint what is real to you. <laughs>